An open letter to the fair Jesus from a dusk-toned girl. Dear blonde Jesus, your hair is long like Mount Moron's sloping glistens under the Holy Land sun, but even the fairest Israeli doesn't look like you. Jesus, they look like my mom, a Persian woman whose skin became light through centuries of European integration, but even my mom is considered unusually fair in comparison to her people. Oh, blonde Jesus, pale Jesus. I'm concerned for your health. Maybe you need some sun. I'm sure you would have looked remarkable, your straw body crucified, your likeness chiseled into figures which hang in the every chapel, molded jewelry, living near your believers' hearts while prayer cards and paperback Bibles sit ironically, ironically next to the black and milds at the drugstore checkout. Fair Jesus. I like your beard. <laughs> It looks soft and I kind of want to touch it. My champagne beard, Jesus. Some scholars don't even believe you had a beard at all. This may be why faith is my most existential worry, I guess. Ain't nobody got time for a beardless Jesus. Some scholars believe you had neat curls, woolen hair, and feet like unto fine brass, but the KKK burn that likeness at the cross while singing praise hymns. Like the old rugged cross, they become pauper's field. How did you go from being the ebony prophet to the Nordic prince of Christiness, platinum Jesus? Short of the instant marriage chapels, your act is not well researched. Even Elvis impersonators gain the weight if they need to by the wigs, jumpsuits. They are Xerox proper for your effigy. Your look should have gone out of style by now. Oh, my dear, sweet, bleached Jesus. Your flaxen hair has grown luminous over decades of fundamentalist marketing children of your land believe that if you are the manifestation of God, they are but swamp stones of beauty. Watch your children bleach their skin, adolescent girls of India. Watch your children go from beautiful silhouettes to milk and water wrecks, Sammy Sosa better. Watch brick cages crowd from 1933 to 45, yellow stars falling under fragrance in circles like wheels for exercise so that Hitler could cleanse this world of the dirty mischief, all in praise of fairness. Was it whiteness is next to godliness or something else? I can't remember. I am too blinded by your light. Is organized religion too inextricably bound to the status quo to save our nation and the world? Perhaps I must turn my faith to the inner spiritual church, the church within the church, as the true ecclesia and the hope of the world. But again, I am thankful to God that some noble souls from the ranks of organized religion have broken loose from the paralyzing chains of conformity and joined us as active partners in the struggle for freedom. They have left their secure congregations and walked the streets of Albany, Georgia with us. 
They have gone down the highways of the South on torturous rides for freedom. Yes, they have gone to jail with us. Some have been dismissed from their churches, have lost the support of their bishops and fellow ministers. But they have acted in faith that right defeated as stronger than evil triumphant. Their witness has been the spiritual salt that has preserved the true meaning of the gospel in these troubled times. They have carved a tunnel of hope through the dark mountain of disappointment. I hope the church as a whole will meet the challenges of this decisive hour. MLK letter from a Birmingham jail. can see the light tattered and worn but I must kneel to find friend of mine what can you spare I know some Times. It gets cold in
Imagine that their life was so good, so successful, and so guaranteed that it could not be interrupted. The practitioners of the ideology of exceptionalism in Jerusalem, a chosen city with a chosen king, with a chosen temple, lived in a state of denial about their coming future. Ideology of false consciousness does that to us. It gives us a constructed, contained view of reality that covers over the facts on the ground and instead offers us a preferred set of facts that reassures and confirms the way we thought and the way we wish the world was. The facts on the ground must be denied in order to sustain a worldview of entitlement, a worldview of privilege. The prophetic counter to denial rooted in an ideology of exceptionalism is the practice of grief that acknowledges loss, an acknowledgement that summons the community to fully, deeply, and knowingly engage in its actual life experience. When the, when the ideology requires that one just suck it up or move on, a sense of loss lingers. It lingers beneath what is acknowledged, and yet it, has not it does not have a compelling power to transform especially as long as that stays uh, unacknowledged. Without grief, there is no healing, there is no restoration, there is no balm. Walter Brueggemann. All Lives Matter, 1800s edition. Just because I own slaves doesn't mean I'm racist. I don't even see color, you're racist, for being slaves. My closest friends are house Negroes. Look, I didn't ask to have all this cotton. It's not my fault that the cotton is profitable. Don't blame me for something my grandfather's grandfather planted. And if cotton is so bad, why are you wearing it? Don't act innocent. This is the fabric of all our lives. You know what really just uh, shines my shoes? You can give birth to a light-skinned child and everything is fine. 
but I put on a little bit of blackface. Oh no, that's racist. How? Blackface comes off. Your white face is forever. This is not the dream that Abraham Lincoln gave speeches for. Racism ended with the three-fifths compromise. Everyone is equal. We have a black overseer. Slavery is a choice. If you didn't want to get locked up, you should have kept running after we captured your wife. I mean, like, come on, make good decisions or face the consequences. Blacks are 99% more likely to try and escape north. That's not racist. That's just a fact. When will you people realize underground railroads only create racial divide? And why? We're all red on the inside. Look at your brother's body. Rope doesn't make his neck any different than mine. My accountant hung himself, so we're all struggling with something. Don't judge a book that you're not allowed to read. My house is like two stories tops. The real masters live in mansions. I'm a slave like you. Only through love and working together can we get our emancipation. Free the people? How about we the people? Black lives matter? How about all lives matter? from Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is um, called Power by Audre Lorde. The difference between poetry and rhetoric is being ready to kill yourself instead of your children. I am trapped on a desert of raw gunshot wounds and a dead child dragging his shattered black face off the edge of my sleep. Blood from his punctured cheeks and shoulders is the only liquid for miles and my stomach churns at the imagined taste while my mouth splits into dry lips without loyalty or reason, thirsting for the wetness of his blood as it sinks into the whiteness of the desert where I am lost, without imagery or magic, trying to make power out of hatred and destruction, trying to heal my dying son with kisses. Only the sun will bleach his bones quicker. A policeman who shot down a 10-year-old in Queens stood over the boy with his cop shoes in childish blood, and a voice said, die, you little jerk. And there are tapes to prove it. At his trial, this policeman said in his own defense, I didn't notice the size nor nothing else, only the color. And there are tapes to prove that too. Today, that 37-year-old white man with 13 years of police forcing was set free by 11 white men who said they were satisfied justice had been done. And one black woman who said they convinced me, meaning they had dragged her 410 black woman's frame over the hot coals of four centuries of white male approval until she let go, the first real power she ever had, and lined her own womb with cement to make a graveyard for our children. I have not been able to touch the destruction within me, but unless I learn to use the difference between poetry and rhetoric, my power too will run corrupt as poisonous mold 
or lie limp and useless as an unconnected wire. And one day, I will take my teenaged plug and connect it to the nearest socket, raping an 85-year-old white woman who is somebody's mother. And as I beat her senseless and set a torch to her bed, a Greek chorus will be singing in three quarters time, poor thing, she never heard a soul, what beasts they are.